there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Friday the 13th Part 3 from 1982. Directed by Steve Miner, written by Martin Kittrosser, Carol Watson, and Petru Popescu. Starring Dana Kimmel, Richard Brooker, and Larry Zerner. Uh, immediately after the events of the last film in the franchise, the previous film that is, Jason heads to a cabin near Crystal Lake to kill a bunch of 20-somethings. Pretty original. Uh... Anyway, it's Friday the 13th in a couple of days, and Ashwin and I had decided a long time ago that we'd cover one of these films every Friday the 13th, but I feel like we might start to regret that. <laughs> Did we? I, I don't remember us actually deciding that. Uh, that, that was something we uh, vocalized before. Maybe I just thought we should, and I'm pushing it <laughs> on you. Yeah, yeah. This time when he said it, I was like, oh, shit, is this going to be a real thing now? This kind of cements it. Because... Uh, the last Friday the 13th, was it uh, a Friday the 13th that we did it on, or was that part of, like, sequel September? No, uh, both. Both. Oh. Sequel September had a Friday the 13th? It did. Damn. I think... Whammy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like once you're three in, uh, we might as well just stick it out, I guess. We, I mean, they're so important... I feel like in horror movie culture that we've, we've got to see all these movies, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, speaking of seeing all these, if you want to, uh, keep the Friday the 13th fun rolling after you listen to this episode, you can go listen to our podcast buddies at the movie seller. Uh, this week they're also releasing an episode and it's on the following film in the franchise, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, which is the fourth one. Nice. So that's the movie seller, that. seller like a basement, and they've they've got a great show. So go check them out after you listen to this one, or just go straight there because maybe they'll they'll like this mo- these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious uh, what their take is going to be. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. I know I've gone through three before in the past, so I had already seen this one. I can't remember if I stopped at three or at four. I think maybe okay. I stopped at three. And can you remind me again how many there are in total? I think there's 12. Okay. Which puts it up there with like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I think it's higher than Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street was only like a nine or so. Is that right? Nine or 10? Boy, it's either, I think it's either 10 or 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, cool. And then uh, Child's Play probably might have more. Is that true? No. Shoot. How many does Child's Play have? I'm pretty sure this is the number... Godzilla is the horror franchise with the most films, followed by Friday the 13th. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, I don't know where Child's Play falls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was confusing that with this one. Yeah, I mean, it it's might be up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for all intents and purposes, like, uh, this, it sounded like this was going to be the final, and then the, obviously the one after this was more solidified as potentially like a, a final of like one series right right they called it the final chapter yeah, yeah we'll get to a uh maybe once we get into the plot we'll we'll describe how things were supposed to be because there was some intention there to make this the last one yeah but it didn't really end up in the final cut of the movie lucky for all of us <laughs> yeah it's dark <laughs> um so this is the first one, like we talked about in a previous episode, where he dons the hockey mask. Yeah, about time, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I liked the burlap sack from part two better. 
Oh, really? So, uh, so if you, if you had to pick like one mask that he would have carried throughout the series, it would have been the burlap sack. Yeah. Wow. If I were to be uh, murdered by a person, I'd rather they be wearing a burlap sack. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to think it, from an efficiency standpoint, the mask is more secure, offers him a little bit more protection. Can you imagine like chasing people around wearing a burlap sack on your head, though? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty vulnerable. I think he also only had one eye hole on that thing. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I felt like in general his coordination was a little better in this movie than the last one, which could be a result of the mask. <laughs> in the last one, remember when he stood on that rickety chair and it yeah. collapsed? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, well, he's like a that klutz was in that one. The dumbest thing I've ever. He does something else that's pretty silly in this one, but at least it's badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in one of the final chase scenes, he like shatters a car window with his head. Oh yeah, right. See, that's the benefit of wearing like a, a hockey mask. I that's guess that's true. You can't do that with a burlap sack. Yeah, actually, sure. Jason, I'm sure could, but yeah, sets him back hey, so- a little bit. So, so Jason, like his deal, would you equate him to like Michael Myers in the in the sense that they're supposed to be people, but like they're extra strong, or there's something maybe minorly supernatural about them? Yeah, I think that's that's about right. And I'm okay. sh- I know in the future uh, movies a little bit more of that gets solidified or at least hinted at, like whether he's supernatural, whether he's dead. Uh, yeah, but we'll have to wait. Okay. Shit. Yep. Uh, so did you notice this was 3D or intended to be? <laughs> I did, man. There, there, like so many times uh, where I was like, "Oh man, if this is 3D, if it was actually 3D, it'd be like so much better." But yeah, you could tell they made a lot of effort to like have scenes which are unnecessary just for the 3D effect. Yeah, they really milked it. It seemed like most of the 3D stuff was just really banal. Yeah, stuff like yo-yos. Banal. Yeah, yo-yos, popcorn popping juggling yeah. <laughs> for like an aerial view of juggling yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's funny uh yeah it's funny they kind of forced those scenes just to play to the 3d but it did give the film like an extra uh dimension of character oh nice yeah <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't anticipate that to work but that worked <laughs> like a little bit of like not character like as in characters but it gave the movie itself some character yeah 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 exactly a little bit of charm yeah I mean, how often do you have a scene of just a guy doing yo-yo or juggling or uh, yeah. doing popcorn? Plenty of th- enough times, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've um, seen enough of that. And, and I guess this was like the first widescreen 3D movie? is Or sorry, widely distributed 3D movie, right? Yeah, first wide domestic release, uh, which was hard to believe. I meant to like really dig into that and fact check it. But, yeah, but I was sure, looking at I it too. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think the, uh, in the 50s, 3D was pretty popular. But uh, yeah, I guess nothing else was like as wide released as, as this one was from a 3D perspective. I feel like, and I'm completely talking out my ass here, I'm wondering if in the 50s, if the definition of a wide release was made after the 50s. Oh. And maybe back in the 50s, it just there weren't that many theaters. Like, yeah. I think it's got to be, be 600 theaters nationwide to be considered a wide release. Mm, so maybe in the 50s, there weren't that many. So. It, Today's qualifications for a wide release didn't really apply to back then. Uh, I yeah, I really had to wonder because I know like um, Vincent Price's House of Wax was 3D. Oh, okay, I, mean, I got to believe mm-hmm. that was a pretty widely distributed movie. Right. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it has to do more with the volume of theaters and the time of when that phrase came out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
You know, man, what's weird about these movies that we've seen so far is how many of the death scenes are cut, like, not cut completely out of the movie, but edited down to limit the gore. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like these aren't even that gory of movies compared with, I think it's maybe just that they, the MPAA knows so many people go to see these, they're a little harder Mm -hmm. on them. Yeah. But they really trim them down. Yeah, it's it's weird, and, and like all these movies go through that X thing where they have to like cut scenes out. But you're right, right the final product uh, these aren't like very gory. You just see like a body on the floor or something. Yeah, or maybe like one or two open wounds, or mm-hmm. you know, some of the some of the kills were like downright tasteful. Yeah, do you think uh, that has more to do with just like the effects back then? Like nothing was like super gory, or if it was, it was more comical. Versus like now, if it was like the same scene shot in the same way it would be gorier just as the nature of the effects have changed. No, I mean, I think that they, I mean, they had the effects and they did it, but it was just that fact that the MPA was like, nope, don't show it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why. Cause there were plenty of films from this time period that seemed more gory, but maybe they just mm-hmm. weren't under as much scrutiny because the MPAA knew that millions of people would go see this movie. That's yeah. That's an exaggeration, yeah. but yeah. Well, maybe not. The box office was thirty six point seven million. I don't know how many people that equates to. Right. Uh, yeah, I think this this was like the third most ticket sales for a, a Friday the Thirteenth movie or something. So yeah, yeah. This one got a bunch of butts in the seats, and it was the second highest grossing horror that year behind Poltergeist. Yeah. Pretty pretty big success. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I thought those like this really interesting uh, backstory on how um, Paramounts had to like. Uh, g- sell these things, to, or like I don't think they were selling them, but distribute these converters to the theaters so that they could uh, film it in 3D or, or project it in 3D. And they ran into some issues, I think, with Polaroid or something. Yeah, um, it sounded like so. The budget for this movie was 2.2 million, reportedly, and it sounds like they spent way more than that just trying to make sure all the theaters had the appropriate equipment to play this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it was more of a hassle, the, the 3D thing, like in terms of shooting and then, yeah, the distribution angle. Um, yeah, kind of kind of a headache. Yeah, yeah. And then nowadays, like every movie's got a 3D version, it seems like. Boy, it seems like, is that dying down? I felt like a year or two ago, every time you went, there was like a movie in two theaters, one for 3D and one for normal. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a look. And then now they've added like IMAX. Uh, yeah. I think they've made up something called RPG. So uh, yeah, I, I I think it's it's still trending, especially like with action films and like the Marvel series, Disney yeah. movies. Do you like three D? How do you feel about it? Um, I like to keep the glasses. I think it's dumb that they make them give uh, you know you give it back to them because like it's not like they're giving your money back. So I don't understand why you have to get the glasses back. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise, no, I'm not a huge fan. Are you? You just want to like wear the glasses around. Yeah. Like, like that. Isn't there like a, one of Biff's cronies in Back to the Future that wears 3D glasses around? <laughs> yeah, someone just reminded me of that. Yeah, that's true. It's a fashion statement. But but the new glasses aren't as cool as those old school ones, but uh, they're right. still okay to have a collection of. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I you, think I was learning about 3D at some point, and they shoot it back in the old days, at least, when you had those glasses where one was blue and one was red. Mm-hmm. They shoot it with two cameras, and one camera, I can't remember if they do it after the fact or if it's the way they film, but they have like a filter so that one camera picks up the red light and one camera picks up the blue light. Huh. And so the glasses are like that, so one of your eyes sees the red stuff from one camera, 
and one of your eyes sees the blue stuff from the other camera, it's essentially like the two cameras are your two eyes. Oh. And they distance the cameras apart to to make that a similar... Somehow it's similar or equates to the distance your eyes are apart and your brain makes the image one image with the glasses. That is really cool. I didn't realize that's how it worked. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know exactly how that how to translate that into how it works today, but back then that was that was the deal. Yeah, yeah, today I guess they got rid of those uh, colored glasses, but uh, I'm sure like... The, Ooh, yeah, we the, don't call them colored glasses. Oh, my... <laughs> the red and blue glasses. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I don't see color on those glasses. Um, um, yeah, I don't like it either. I think it's just... It doesn't add anything for me, and sometimes it frankly makes me nauseous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because I remember like a few years ago they tried to bring 3D to like home televisions and a few people had those and like you could buy these TVs and they would come with glasses. Uh, but I don't think that really took off. So it kind of makes me think 3D isn't like ever going to scale beyond like a theater. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like technology would have to really, really advance for it to do so. Yeah. Do you think uh, VR has taken off yet in horror films? I, I don't know if... There are any like uh, VR is like the next thing, right? Seems like it should be. Um, I, I can't say I know much about that, but yeah, horror seems ripe for a VR experience. Yeah, it does. There's got to be someone out there making it. Man, do you remember that uh, Black Mirror episode where the dude's like in a, like testing a video game? Uh, is it Bandersnatch? That one? No, no. It's like um, I don't oh. know what season it was. The dude's end is end up. He's basically like in a haunted house, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was a good one. That was kind of scary. Yeah, that was a pretty scary one. Yeah. Uh, but that should be a horror movie, though. Like, I mean, every uh, or that that should be like the experience. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, anything else background wise on this movie before we start to move ahead and spoil everything as we talk about the plot? Um, just I, I thought it was interesting that the whole storyline changed from what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be more about uh, the character from the part two getting revenge, but then because she didn't accept it. They really pivoted from that. That that would have been way different, right? Oh man, I would have much rather seen that movie. Yeah, me too. I mean, because she's also, I think, even folks who are familiar with the entire franchise and fans of it, Amy Steele from Part Two is a highly regarded final girl. Yeah, amongst yeah. all horror movies, I think. And so, yeah, it would have been great to see her again. And yeah, that that revenge-seeking storyline would have been so different from what the first three of these movies have been, just the exact same movie three times, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> they literally are, just copy and paste. This one is especially egregious, and we'll talk about some of the details. Yeah, yeah, good deal. Um, any uh, any Ohio connection? Yeah, so at the end of the credits, this they said this movie wishes to thank Goodyear Tire and Rubber, which oh. is, of course, headquartered in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, why? What did they have to do with the movie? I don't know. There were a few car company type things, or like Valvoline, I think they thanked. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they were just thanking any company that helped them out with equipment or anything like that. Yeah, wow, random. Okay. Yeah. But there were only like four or five companies listed. Nice. And you saw that good year. <laughs> like, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, there's nice. my Ohio connection. Yeah, yeah. Nice job. Yeah. That's why you always watch the credits. <laughs> And for all that floor popcorn. <laughs> of course. We yeah. call it floor floor corn in the trade. Nice. In the trade nice. magazines. <laughs> floor corn. <laughs> Sounds Okay, delicious. man. Well, uh, let's talk about the plot, but 
Do you mind holding on one second? Me and my wife are doing some uh, late baby proofing for our toddler in the household. Oh, yeah, sure. Cool. I got to just help her move one thing. Okay. All right. Be right back. Okay, man, I'm back. Uh, I just had to help her move my spear gun, which is just laying around the house. Oh, man. You keep it loaded? Yeah, I always keep that loaded. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? What's the point of having a spear gun unless it's loaded and lying around the house? find it odd that there was a spear gun in the mix? Yeah, I don't think... Yeah, yeah. yeah why, why do you think that was there? Like, is that something people keep in cabins or, like, around the lake? So I was like so prepared to make fun of all this. And then I researched it and apparently you can, like that's a thing. You go underwater fishing with a spear gun. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like divers or snorkelers. Hmm. Um, and it is legal to do in New Jersey, which I think is where Camp Crystal Lake fictionally resides. Yeah. Hey, that, that's really cool. I, so people still do that today? They go hunting fish with spear guns? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second time in, in 87 episodes that you've called fishing, fish hunting. But, but in this case, it is more like hunting, right? Because you're, you're kind shooting of, it. I mean, a, oh, a fair, fair. I'll give you that one. Yeah. But the quiet one place probably, when you're still on the hook for yeah. fishing. <laughs> That's um, kind of cool. Yeah, it actually is kind of cool. But I think it's more common in like the ocean. I don't think you would do it in the murky lake near Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, probably not. Maybe. Yeah, that was random. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, how did... Because everything Jason uses is like stuff he just like picks up along the way. So like, Yeah, yeah. Who brought the spear gun? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, in, in, in this one, the other character finds it, right? And he's like walking around with it. Yeah. So like, yeah. He's using it to scare people. This dude's basically like the dude who cried wolf. Right. With his fake, fake gore and everything. Yeah, and they're not too well for him. So we begin, like the last movie in the franchise, began with like five solid minutes of the previous movie. Yeah, why do they keep doing this? In the first one, I thought, or in part two, when they did it with the first movie, it was just seemed absolutely pointless. Yeah. And this time it was pointless as well, but they had a goal, I think, of retconning the scene without his mask. Oh. So all of it was old footage except, as far as I know, that scene where they, like, pull the burlap sack off and go, like, cringe at what his face looks like. Oh, that wasn't from the actual movie? I don't think so from what I remember. And I think okay. it was all because, and from what I've read, it was all because his face, the demasked, unmasked face in this one looks different than the second time. Oh, I see. For okay. whatever reason, they weren't able to do the same face or decided not to. So they Got didn't it. want that to be a part of the official canon i guess his face in the second one yeah so it's I, almost like they were changing the narrative of it i guess i have no idea why it was necessary because to me the face is at whatever yeah yeah it's not, not a huge detail yeah so yeah that was strange and then to make it even more strange it's a 3d movie and you have the first five minutes not 3d because it's the <laughs> old movie yeah so yeah. strange yeah um but anyway, I'm not going to go through the plot in great detail just because it's pretty basic, but we open up with a couple random people getting killed, and then we move on to a group of 20-somethings traveling Ooh, to... On, 
on, on that small group of people being killed or like that couple in the beginning yeah did you feel like that scene went on like way too long it's like 20 25 minutes of like just these two people kind of being stalked in, in a shitty way it was too long and it wasn't really suspenseful either to me no it, it wasn't also um, that dude like finds a snake Mm-hmm. That scares the crap out of him. <laughs> scares the crap out of him. He sprints away from it to the bathroom to poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's like, where is he going? And then the next thing, he's just taking a shit. <laughs> I thought he was gonna like barf or something because I think what were their what was dead? Their chickens or their cat or something? Their pets? Yeah, yeah, something was dead in there. I thought he was gonna like vomit because he was so grossed out, but nope. <laughs> His immediate reaction was to take a shit. It's like those uh, movies where you see like a detective or like a fairly new cop to the force stumble upon a gory crime scene and barf in the corner. He just pulls his yeah. pants down and starts taking his <laughs> shit. It's got like diarrhea. Oh, it's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was weird. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I hated uh, this whole sequence because it just like dragged on and it wasn't like really suspenseful at all. I, I get they were trying to introduce Jason, uh, but it was just like way too slow and too early on. Yeah. Agreed. Um, then we meet this group of 20-somethings, I suppose, as their age, traveling to Chris's old, I think it was like an old vacation home or family home slash cabin near Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris is the final girl. And I, I thought the uh, desperate attempts for character development were pretty pathetic here. It was basically just the characters in the course of one conversation being like, hi, I'm the character who's pregnant. Hi, I think I'm ugly. Hi, yeah. something happened to me at the lake when I was younger. Yeah, we're the potheads in the back. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> yeah. so obvious. That was, that was one thing throughout the whole film is I never understood how these people were friends. It was more like they were just characters like put together. Even like Their interactions were so limited throughout. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a really weird assortment of people. And I know this. Uh, some people might think this is nitpicky, but these groups are always so big in these slasher, 80s yeah. slasher movies, just so they can have a high body count. But it's like, I don't know anybody's name or care about who they are or what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, right. And I know people, slasher fans are like, that's not the point of a slasher movie, but <laughs> throw me a bone. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I think you, you can't just like throw a volume in there. You, you got to build them out and they, they like... They didn't make any effort to do that in this one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, as they're driving, they stumble upon some random dude in the middle of the road who is essentially like the harbinger of doom taking the place of Crazy Ralph from the last two movies. Yeah. Who's like warning them to go away, and he's got a human eyeball <laughs> in his hand. Yeah. Yep. I'm surprised and, they didn't call the cops about that. Yeah, they just kind of went away. It's like, ooh, get in the car. Yeah, he's got an eyeball. <laughs> On with the day. Yeah. Did Crazy Ralph, did he die in that last one then? He died in part two, yep. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it, they all get to this cabin, whatever, they're hanging out. And not unlike the other movies, it's just a series of events to get them into different locations where they can die. Yeah, um, yeah. Two of them do... In a weird, like, diversion of the plot, two of them go to, out to a convenience store to get some food and get jumped by a gang of, like, toughs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they, it's like this main character, not main character, he, actually, he's probably the character that's the most developed, Shelly, the goofball mm-hmm. who's, like, self-conscious and thinks he's ugly. He is like, I'm not going to get pushed around. They've taken it too far and drives into their motorcycles as revenge. <laughs> and then they follow them back 
to the camp and like siphon the gas out of their car and they're the first people to uh to get got by Jason. Um, yeah. Uh and it, I I guess uh before that happens like do we see much of Jason I, or like I guess we get a sense there's like someone in the shadows or like watch, watching from the barn or something, right? I think we get some first person lurking shots. Oh, okay. Somewhere like a Halloween. Yeah, or maybe like a couple of times they might look out at the barn and see that the window or the door is open. Yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of like the first attack scene then in the barn for those like three hooligans. Yep, the hooligans. 80s hooligans. Yeah, yeah. 80s. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a little bit of character development with Chris, our final girl, who's got this boyfriend who's very frustrated that she won't put out, essentially. Um, yeah. She like mentions to him in this conversation that she's coming back to confront her past and a couple of years ago she was here and she was assaulted by some strange man and blacked out and woke up in her own bed and doesn't know what happened. This is, well, let's get through the plot and then we'll talk about what that was intended to be. Okay. Um, and we get a flashback and the dude is clearly Jason who's like roughing her up and dragging her around and stuff. And then she just wakes up in her own bed. Yeah, it's kind of funny because, like, uh, up until that point, like, she's constantly bringing up the fact that this is, like, the first time coming back after, like, a very traumatic event and she can't, uh, she can't believe, like, she's come back. So it's, like, clear that she wanted to talk about it and, like, it's, it, it, like, took forever for her to, like, open up and tell that story, which I, I thought was kind of funny. It was, like, an hour before she, like, told it and it was, yeah. it was just weird and clunky because Chris is, like, gone half the movie. Like, yeah, she's yeah, our final girl and she barely gets any screen time till the right. end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned, this dude Shelley is the other notable character, the kind of a sad sack jokester. Uh, and he pretends multiple times to be hurt or dead with like all of this <laughs> fake gore and stuff that he's got or his hockey mask. Um, and when he gets killed, he's got this hockey mask on and Jason takes that. And that's, that's how Jason officially becomes the wearer of the hockey mask. Yeah. Um, and of course, later on, we get a moment where someone thinks he's joking, but he's actually got a slit throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Any other? I'm trying to think if there's any other notable kills. Somebody gets killed in a bed from the bottom of it, but it's a hammock. Yeah. Sticking uh, with the trend of people getting killed through a bed. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It's like from the first one. Yeah. And then there was like a double impalement in the second one, right? With two people in bed. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. And the whatever he kills them with goes through the bed. Yep. Yep. Um, I thought the uh, the shot with the, the spear gun into the eye was kind of cool, and like you could tell that was like 3D with the, the shot going. Right, yeah. Oh, and then another kill with like notable 3D was when he squeezes that guy's head until his eyeball pops out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you ever seen that happen before? <laughs> the one eyeball just pops out at you. Yeah, it's a bunch of buddies are fooling around in high school yeah. or whatever. You squeeze someone's head and their eyeball pops up. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah, that was kind of cartoonish. It was pretty cartoonish. Yeah. And the effects I thought were pretty bad. Like the model of his head looked pretty fake. Yeah, yeah. That was unbelievable. Um, so we get a final showdown with the final girl and Jason. Um, she eventually is able to hang him from this rope in the barn and then I think as he's trying to get the rope off of him, his mask comes up and she sees his face and realizes it's the guy who assaulted her. Years ago. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, and there's some back and forth, yada yada. She eventually hits him with an axe on the head and it presumably kills him. And this was just painful to me that it concluded with her pushing herself out into the middle of the lake on this little <laughs> boat or canoe. Yeah. <laughs> just like in the first one. And she wakes up to a dream that Mrs. Voorhees jumps out of the lake and right. pulls her under just like Jason in the first one. Mm-hmm. It was just like, how lazy can you get? Yeah, I know. Just like pulling like a reversal there on the on who jumps out of the lake, but the same story, the same yeah. setup. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little painful to me. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Oh, and then, and then she gets uh, she gets taken away right at the end. Oh yeah, she's taken away in a police car, and she's like bonkers in the back. Yep. Like laughing to herself. That was a little silly. So don't all three movies essentially end the same way? Someone, yeah, like, like it's survives. daytime and the authorities have arrived and the final girl yep. gets taken away. Yeah, after like having a vision that like they might have died or been killed or something. Right, something that may or may not have been a dream. Like especially right. with the retcon, that scene where Jason breaks through the glass in the second one may have been a dream. Right. Canon-wise. Yeah, yeah that's a really weird... Uh, Right, that's a really weird thing to keep repeating because yeah, it's like so. What was the ending? Uh, like, why did why do they why do all the characters have this dream at the end? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's pretty lame. I think maybe there was an original ending. I forgot to write this down. Where Jason is not dead and then kills her. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, mm-hmm. But Which I can't the, remember all the pieces. I would have appreciated something different. It kind of sucks to have the same ending. Yeah, and so what was supposed to happen early on in the scripting of this movie was that Chris's flashback was supposed to be a rape scene. Oh, right, yeah. Intended to make the audience dislike Jason because this was going to be the last film and they wanted Jason to actually die and the audience is to be glad he was dead. Yeah, yep. And which I don't like that path, but... Cutting it out made the flashback of this assault so utterly pointless. Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, it was just a really half-assed character development. Like, yeah, yeah, just like this guy chasing her in the woods, and then she wakes up and she's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely feels like a half-flushed-out idea. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, at the end of this, Jason, we also see he is dead, though, right? He did die. It does look movie. like he's dead. Yeah, they have yeah. a final shot of him laying there. Right. Which makes me curious about the next one, like uh, since this is like the first film we like see him definitively dead in. How do they bring him back? Yeah. TBD. There are no rules. It doesn't matter. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you think of this movie, man? Pros, uh, cons? Oh man, uh, it was it was silly. I, I think it was mostly just set up for the 3D effect, and I, I think that could add a lot of value. Um, but you know, on on its own. Uh, I don't think it really uh, stood stood up uh, like plot wise, character wise. Didn't really have much going for it, except yeah. like the awesome disco music. But what, what do you think? Boy, that that was some heavy disco music in the intro. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I think that that song has become famous. Like, I, I think it was like playing in the intro and then playing at the credits at the end, and it sounded like that song kind of took off or something. It was yeah, yeah, some it was clubs. like big and gay clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about you? What, what did you think? Um, yeah, man, it just, I, it's hard for me to hate these movies, but they're just so uninteresting to me. Yeah. Um, they're watchable, but there's just not much there. They don't build suspense. Like, 
the easiest thing to equate these movies to is the Halloween franchise. Like, where it's just super basic. There's this killer, and he's kind of supernatural, and he's going to get you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And he's always there. But Halloween builds, in some movies in the franchise, more successfully than others. Like, succeeds in building suspense to me, but these ones really don't. It's just like mm-hmm. high body counts, checking the boxes. Yeah, and at least from the first, uh, the few Halloweens that we've seen, uh, I just feel like maybe the characters are better, and that's what makes it more serious and sinister. Whereas yeah. in this one, like the you have these kids who like, yeah, you you don't know why they're even together in the same room. There's like barely any dialogue between them, like anything meaningful, and uh, I, I think it just pulls away from like the seriousness of these films. Yeah, and I mean most of them, most of them. We've only seen three, but in one and three, the final girl is barely present the entire yeah. movie. Yeah. Right. So she's barely a character, and then Shelly, I guess, is our the closest character that has any other development, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know, it's not not very impressive cast. By the way, Shelly, he's supposed to be this, like, super nice guy, but kind of dopey and thinks he's unattractive. He's trying to, like, be set up with this girl, and he is about to ask her out and she's like, let me just stop you right there. Like, I'm going to go outside. We'll talk later. Yeah. And he goes, sure, we'll talk. Bitch. Under his breath. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's supposed to be like the nice dopey guy. You just called her a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> under his breath. I know. Yeah, you never like like any of these characters. They're all like pretty shitty. No, uh, no. People... The, I mean, I would love one character to grab onto in these movies would really improve them in my opinion oh totally I agree that'd make a huge difference yeah I was almost kind of rooting for Jason most of the time in this one like he was the least obnoxious of all the characters right uh, and it's kind of happy when he starts like get, getting rid of it. and the kills go by pretty quick like once all this build up happens I notice like they start wiping out people like uh, almost like one every like five minutes in a way yeah yeah everybody dies pretty quickly it, it all seems to happen pretty fast yeah yeah and the motorcycle gang just adds more people to kill off, like less time for characters and yeah, uh, more just more kill scenes. Yeah, but yeah, that, it's, it was so clunky how they threw that motorcycle gang in. Like you're in the middle of New Jersey at like this lake house or whatever. Uh, what motorcycle three person motorcycle gang is like hanging around traumatizing people? Yeah, it was really clunky, and just the amount of screen time dedicated to it was just yeah, it's also pointless. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, one thing that kind of made it pick up compared to the other ones that we've seen, I did like like when he finally put that mask on, I thought it like made things a little better and a little more scarier and a little more real uh, for me. Did, did you have that effect at all? Um, no, I, I don't love the mask. I'm anxious to see it in the future movies. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the burlap sack was more menacing to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, we haven't even seen, um, a movie with Kane Hodder as Jason, which is, I think the fan favorite. Oh, okay. So, and that's totally what he's become. Like you were saying earlier, you root for Jason eventually. Yeah. And I think people who are diehard fans of the franchise, like that's, that's what they're here for. They want to see Jason kill people. Yeah. I, I think um, that's also part of the reason they didn't do that, uh, rape scene, right? Is they didn't want yeah. you to think. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think maybe they thought that was too dark too. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
Yeah, and um, I, oh, another thing I thought was interesting is I feel like they took a Halloween 2 type of approach where this one takes place like immediately after part two, like almost like the same weekend or something. Right. Yeah, uh, they like drive by the, uh, I feel like they drive by Alice being taken away. Or no, no, that's not true. They drive by another crime scene of the two people that were killed at the beginning of the movie. But the two he, people killed at the beginning of the movie are watching Alice right. on the news. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Is that her name, Alice, from the first one? No, uh, something like Jenny. That. Oh, <laughs> Alice was the Alice was in the first one, I think, but Jenny was the final girl from part two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess this was, uh, I guess, Sunday the fifteenth, potentially, right? It was. That that was a trivia fact of the movie. It does not place on Friday. Not take place on Friday the thirteenth. Yep. Yeah. Two days. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, well, zero to five, uh, eyeballs flying at the screen. What do you give this? Yeah, I, th- I think I got to give this one a, a one, I think. I, I don't think it was, uh, anything too impressive or anything I'd ever go back and watch. And maybe in 3D, I would give it a two, but as a 1D format or a 2D format, I'd, I'd only <laughs> give this one, uh, eyeball. What about it you? It was almost 1D. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> the characters are 1D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I give it a, I think I gave the other movies, the first two movies, a two. And this was mostly a two all the way through, but it did so many things towards the end that were so repetitive of the original movie Yeah, that it just got to feel really lazy and it bothered me. So right. 1.5. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, I noticed this one has like a 14% Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I wanted to check how that ranks against the other ones. I'm feeling like this one might be on the lower side. I think this one is on the lower side. Critically, I don't know what the fans think, but I think this is critically rated pretty low compared to the, even the rest of them. Yeah. Okay. I think part of it is that it's just so such a blatant, lazy ripoff of the other two movies. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything to the franchise. Uh, not to spoil your review of Doctor Sleep for anyone who hasn't seen that movie yet, but I just want to go. Just want you to know that you've rated this movie the same as Dr. Sleep. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you have to say for yourself? I don't know. I'm, I'm Like, on one hand, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but just, like, in a, in a whole different uh, manner, you know? Uh, I feel like, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. One, uh, one like, nails on the character piece, but then misses it all in the scares. This one, I guess, missed it on both. Yeah, there's probably some inconsistencies going on here. <laughs> no, I know. It's hard to rate things. I'm just yeah, yeah. Shit. Uh, but, all right, man. Anything else? Uh, no, no. So, are, so are we gonna stick with this next Friday the Thirteenth? Pick it back up. <sighs> we'll talk about it offline. <laughs> There's another <laughs> one like in two or three months, and then we have like an eight month gap or something like that. Uh, so okay. I feel like if we can just get through this last one, yeah, or this next one, the final chapter, we'll have a nice cushion. Yeah, I mean, I gotta admit, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how they bring him back, seeing that uh, he died at the end of this one. I have some sort of, like, completism thing with this franchise. Like, I need to watch these movies. (laughs) I I feel like an imposter as a person talking about horror movies on the internet. Yeah. Like, not having seen these movies. It's one of those things we just got to do, I guess. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Don't want to, but we got to. I wish we could watch them together in person, too, because I think we'd have a lot more fun. Yeah, you're probably right. And I think that's maybe the way these movies are meant to be enjoyed. Like... (laughs) Not like a, a one-off screening by yourself. In As a, a grown adult. Like, it's more like yeah. teenage sleepover yeah. fodder. 
Yeah, maybe we're missing the whole point of, of like how you're supposed to enjoy these. I think most fans of the franchise probably would agree. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That makes a lot of um, sense. All right, man. Close up shop. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's all for our discussion on Friday the 13th, part three, everybody. Uh, oh, God. Did I call it part three at the top of the show or part two? Well, whatever. It is what it is now. That's all for our discussion on part three. If you enjoyed it, uh, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We always appreciate that. And it helps other people find our show. You can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com. One of those links is for our Discord server where you can come talk to us and other horror movie fans and listeners of the podcast, which is a lot of fun. I highly recommend joining and talking with us. Uh, we announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter if you want to follow us there. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. You can check out everything she has for sale on Etsy.com. Awesome stuff. I think she has a pretty badass Jason one, actually. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Let's see. We've got Patreon, patreon.com slash horror movie club if you want to throw a buck our way and gain access to some bonus content. And until next time, if you're thinking of spearfishing, you might want to call the Department of Natural Resources because the legality of it is surprisingly difficult to determine on the internet. <laughs> Bye.